Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I just want to tell you, I, can, uh, I may tell you this many times just to remind you that in my heart, when I teach the Word of God or preach the Word on Sunday or any time, I have no hidden or agenda or ulterior motive of anything for myself or my wife or my church or our church here. My motive is to see that you are growing up spiritually, you become strong in your spiritual walk, you know your God, you walk with your God faithfully, you are being used by God, you are healed, delivered, blessed, fruitful, full of grace, full of wisdom, full of power, and God can use you, and you can run the race to the end. I have a heart of a father, and I want my spiritual children to be strong and to be blessed by the Lord. I have nothing else in my heart, no other hidden agenda at all. At all. So sometimes my preaching can be strong and can really stab in your heart, And you may think that I have an agenda for something. But God is my witness. I have no ulterior motive at all. The whole thing is about your spiritual growth and God bless you. That's my motive and my mentality. So I believe next year you're going to hear many, many sermons that you may not like to hear. I warn you ahead of time. You may not want to hear those sermons, but I would alternate one hard sermon one Sunday, another sermon may be lighter to give you a break. But but going to be some really hardcore sermon next year. I'm already finished writing some of the sermon, so I just warned you that I will not let you know which Sunday is going to be a hardcore one. So you cannot avoid, you cannot sit at home. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Last Sunday, I taught about the word zozo, S-O-Z-O, zozo, which is translated into English, salvation. But when you study the scripture, you can see that that same word was translated as healed, delivered, made whole, made well. And we went into a detail last Sunday. If you did not come last Sunday, please go into YouTube or our CD table or our podcast to listen to the Sunday teaching. Last Sunday, the series called I Will Live and Not Die. And the title of the sermon is Every Blessing. I put the name that way because every single provision of mankind came to us through Jesus Christ. I mentioned last Sunday Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross 
open the door for us to receive every provision, physical provision, financial provision, emotional provision, relationship, everything that man needs come through Jesus Christ. And we say that that is the word zozo or salvation. Let me read again one more time what zozo means from the Greek language. Number one, it means to save. Number two, to keep safe and sound. Three, to rescue from danger or destruction or from injury or peril. Four, to save a suffering one from perishing. Example, one suffering from disease to make well, to heal, restore to health. So healing is part of salvation, not just only forgiveness of sin and miss hell or go to heaven, but healing is a part of Zosso or salvation. To preserve one who is in danger of destruction, like when you heard testimony a while ago from Dewey, that her mom called out to God why she was passing through the water and the flood was coming. And she cried out in the name of Jesus. And he showed grace to her because she had faith to save her from being drowned in the water that day. And she got saved. Her salvation is preserved her from danger. And then forgiveness of sin came later on. You see, sometimes Zoso can come healing first, then forgiveness of sin. But most people in the world come to God through the Zoso of forgiveness of sin and have the ticket to go to heaven. To save and rescue. To deliver from the penalty of the messianic judgment. When you break the law of God, by justice, you face judgment. So God saved you, delivered you from the judgment or the penalty. To save from the evils which obstruct the reception of the messianic deliverance. And today I'm going to talk about the key to receive salvation. Let me review a little bit by reading some of the scripture from last Sunday. Let me read from... 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Timothy 4, 18. The word so-so was mentioned in the Bible more than 100 times in the New Testament. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me, so-so, for his heavenly kingdom, to him be glory forever and ever. So so-so is not only to save, to heal, to deliver, but it also includes preservation to keep you safe all the days until you leave this world to be in heaven. I want also to work for me. I want to be kept, preserved, protected by God in my health, my finances, my relationship, my family, my children, and my grandchildren. I need also every single day until the day Jesus comes back. And last Sunday, I was reading Philippians chapter 2, 12 to 13. Let me read one more time. Therefore, my beloved, as you have 
always obeyed. Everyone say obeyed. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation. Salvation was given to us by God, by His grace. We receive through faith. Salvation, we have faith, we receive, and He gave us by His grace. But then Apostle Paul said, you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. What is good God pressure. You are healthy, you're blessed, prosperous, fruitful, full of wisdom, anointing, run your race to the end, protection. God's pleasure is to see that His will be done in your life. When I read this scripture, I was thinking about the day when I was, I turned about five years old. Interesting, I rarely remember anything in my life around five years old. How many people remember what happened at five years old? Rare. You remember some? Yeah, but not all. But I remember one incident. My dad dressed me up with the student clothes in Thailand. We wear blue pants and white shirt to go to school. He put the clothes on me and he asked me to go to the car. He wanted me to get into the car. He's going to send me to the school, to the preschool. And I never forgot. I cried and cried and cried because I wanted to stay home and play. I was so mad at my dad. That day I wanted to stay home and play, but he dragged me. He dragged me and opened the door and pushed me into the car. And I was still crying in the car. I even remember... What kind of car? It's a big, big old car in that generation in the 60s. And I was crying in the car, but now I looked back. I thank God that my dad pushed me in that car, sent me to school. He gave me all provision. I have a house to live, have food to eat every meal. He sent me to school. He paid for my education until I finished medical school. He bought me a car when I graduated from high school and went into university. He gave me a reward by giving me a nice car because I got into medical school. But all these things, before I came out to have my own life, to have my own family, all these things were provided by my father. Do you love your dad? I love my father. He provides for me. But when I look back, I need to do my part. Even though my daddy gave me food to eat, house to live, money to go to school, but if I just yo-yo-yo-yo, I didn't go to school, play around, run out to drink and gambling, and I don't eat enough food, I don't sleep enough, I don't exercise, I don't obey my parents, what's going to happen to me today? Pastor Lau going to be on the street and have no job and beg people on the street for money because I did not do my part. 
Even though my daddy gave me all provisions, I still need to work out my salvation. I need to do my part as a son of my daddy. In the same way, we need to do our part. The teaching today is very simple, actually. I'm going to tell you what is your part to receive salvation from God. I noticed one thing: many Christians have this kind of behavior. You know, now I get into trouble. God, it's your fault. Pastor, I'm mad at you. It's your fault. Wife, honey, it's your fault. Uncle Sam, it's your fault. Many people blame everyone else, but they don't take care of themselves. They don't do their part. They don't work out their salvation, but they blame everyone else when things fall apart, and the blessing is not there. I believe this teaching is so important. It's a foundation of Christian life. Sometimes you heard the message like this. Right now, this is a very popular message in the world. God bless you anyway. God' grace is there. You can do whatever you want. God can bless you. Have you heard that message all over the world right now and very popular now? The most famous teaching now in the world is God bless you no matter what. God loves you. You don't have to worry about anything. God bless you no matter what. I think it's not a complete teaching. Let's look at our part of working out salvation in Proverbs chapter four verse. 22, verses 22-22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to a man's whole body. The Bible say, "My people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge." So the first key is this: we must know the truth. We must pay attention to what God says in the book, and God says to you through the Holy Spirit. He talked to you two way, logos in the Bible here. Rema, the voice of the Holy Spirit. God can speak to you two things, two ways: Holy Spirit and the Bible. And it's our job, our responsibility, to feed ourselves with the Word of God and learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. I have a big teaching. Last two years, called being led by the Spirit or Spirit led. Life or living, or something like that. Please, every Christian should listen to that series of teaching again and again and again. Going to save you from losing money, getting into a car accident. Somebody may try to destroy you, but you are led by the Spirit of God. I just have experience. Yesterday, I was taking microphone here because one of the microphone was broken, and it was at my house. So I was thinking maybe I should bring this one to church. This is a good one. The other one broken. So I'm gonna leave the broken one at home. And then the Holy Spirit told me, "No, you have to take it to church too." I said, "Why? It's broken." But I obey the Holy Spirit. And today, 
the sound department say where is your microphone oh i'm so glad i brought it because i listen to the holy spirit even little little thing like this we need to know the word of god when i was a young believer i never forgot the first time i went to church which is kind of um, evangelical church in thailand the first sunday i walked to church i have a piece of paper at that time we did not have any smartphone or iphone or anything i have a piece of paper walking the pastor was from america he was speaking in english so i was writing everything he talked i want to know what the bible say and after that i began to have that habit every time i listen to a sermon i will write it down on a piece of paper and i will later on the computer come into thailand i began to type in all this teaching and i keep all of my now still in my house if you go to my house in my garage i have drawer in that drawer i have hanging file that happened 30 years ago still there that i keep the paper that i write down what i learned from god and i divide it into subjects church love faith whatever holy spirit i kept everything now i don't need the hanging file anymore i have the computer so i can keep in a folder I'm very serious about knowing the word of God from the first day I accepted Jesus Christ, and I tell you, the word of God saved me all these years. The word of God made me experience zoso or salvation. When I first came to the U.S., I give you example. When I first came to the U.S., my boss at University of Washington say, "We have no funding for foreign doctor. You're gonna work for free." Free. How I can feed my family? I have one daughter and my wife to eat. They need some clothes and some food. But you're gonna work for free. I say, okay. I believe God is my savior. He's gonna save me financially. I will be fed. God gonna take care of me financially. But at the same time, I know the Bible. I practice the Bible. What I did, God told me that you need to tithe. I tithe. Two, I need to be giver. So God said to me, respect your boss, honor your boss, and be a giver. So when we say giver, it doesn't mean only money, but anything. So I decided that when I walk by my boss, I would do like this, and everyone look at me. This guy is crazy. Walk by the boss like this. No American doctor did that in that generation. Everyone called my boss even some bad name, but I never talk about my boss with bad name. I respect my boss. I love my boss. And every time we have surgery done, for example, the first case at Harborview Hospital is a gunshot wound to the head. So I assisted the chief resident, and the Lord say, "Give." So I help him, and serve him. I give. My ability. Actually, he did not know how to even operate on the gunshot wound. But before I came to America, I operated on a lot of gunshot wound at the head. At that time, the Cambodian border people shoot each other, so I have to cut open the skull to take the bullet out a lot in Thailand. So this man never seen gunshot wound in the brain. He doesn't know what to do. My boss is up on the office. I help him do this, do that quietly without making him feel embarrassed. 
This boss, this chief resident, look at me and he likes me. He said, "This guy help me, give me, and any time I have a case at night that I can perform surgery, I tell the intern, 'Okay, I helped you. You do it, and I will make sure you do it right.' All these people look at me and say, 'Wow, he is a giver. He never tried to take cases from us. He always gave to us. Only within a few months, this news went to my boss, and my boss loved me." So within six months, the salary come, even though there is no budget. Why? Because I practice what the Bible say. Because I know the truth, and I practice the truth. And because I do my part, I work out my salvation by knowing the Bible and practice the Bible. You need to understand this. Okay, God give us grace. Listen carefully. God want to provide us through Jesus all the things that we need, but we need to give Him legal right. Listen carefully, legal right and access a c c e s s for Him to come into our life affair. If you rebel against God. You do not follow the Bible. You don't know the Bible. That's why the Bible says God's people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. If you don't obey the Bible, you don't know the Bible. You rebel. You shut the door of that open window that God can bless you and give you the provision. He has no legal right to help you because you are the one who say, "No, I'm going to rebel against you." Then don't blame God. So this is the key of Christian life to receive all provisions and protection, healings, deliverance. We need to give God legal rights and access to our life by knowing the Word of God. The Word of God. Pay attention to the Word. Keep in your sight. Read the Bible. Study the Bible. I read the Bible every day. I study the Bible every day. Keep them within your heart. After you study, you keep them. And then you practice them, and you're gonna see salvation or so-so in your life. Do you know why I produce so many teaching series? Great grace, being led by the Spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit, deliverance, fruitfulness, reigning in Christ. All the teachings we have on the table. I have about right now 1,600 teachings in the YouTube. Why? Because God work in my heart to feed the sheep, He knows that without knowing the word, the sheep gonna suffer. We need to know the word of God. I'm not saying that you should only listen to me. You can listen to many great preacher in the world, but you have to be careful. Some preaching are not complete. It's just half truth. So you need to know the whole truth, and the truth shall set you free. Mark chapter four verse twenty-four. The Bible said, "Then he said to them, 'Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you, you hear more will be given. You have to take heed of what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. There are false teachings out there. There are bad, ungodly comments in your life.'" Sometimes people may come to you and bring in bad 
ungodly comments to you, to cause you to doubt God, to cause you to have confusion. You have to be careful. Don't listen to those kind of words. Spend more time in the Word. Listen to the good teaching, and you shall see also in your life. I got the message in the YouTube all the time. Our own members may not listen because I'm here, but people all over the world listen to the teaching every day. A lot of people listen, and they send me the message. Oh, I was healed after I listened to that message. Oh, now God protect me. Oh, this happened. Now my family safe. My husband returned home. Actually, there is one person in another city. I don't want to mention the city. Pastor Dan know hers very well. Before she came to our meetings, her husband already walked away and have another woman. But after she came, she get the file of God, and she she is a nurse, and she listened to our teaching in the live stream and in the YouTube. And I just got the good news that her husband came back, and the relationship and the marriage is restored because she. Get into the Word of God, and she built her faith. Amen. Luke chapter eight verse eighteen say, "Therefore take heed how you hear, how you hear." So when you listen to the sermon, don't pull out your iPhone and play some game. You need to pay attention how you hear the Word of God. This is how I hear. I listen and I stop, and I meditate on it. The way I study the Bible is maybe different from many of you. I study the Bible not for just head knowledge. I study the Bible to know what is the will of God for my life. What is the practicality? What can I do? What can I do to please my God? How I can apply that scripture? What is the application? I don't study the Bible just to decorate my brain. I want to do what God says. I want to be a doer of the Word of God. So every time I study the Bible, I always sit and think, "What is the application for me in this scripture? What can I do in the 21st century?" I want to obey God's principle and God's word. Amen. I take heed of how I hear the word. I sit down and meditate and think and talk to God and ask the Holy Spirit to show me. What he want to teach me? I'm really serious. I'm a man that's serious about the Word of God, but I don't study the Word of God just to decorate my brain, to go deep to decorate. No, no. I study to live a daily life to please the Lord, practically. Amen. Exodus 15:26 again. We need to know the word and say it. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, this is Rema. Hear the Holy Spirit, and do what is right in His sight, and give ear to His commandments, logos, the commandment in the Bible, and keep all His statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I have very strong faith that if you and me are in the Word all the time. Listen to God all the time. Obey God all the time, and really take serious about walking the right in His sight. Do the right thing before His eyes. Don't be goofy. Don't manipulate. Don't be hypocrites. 
you really, I mean, seriously, you need to think this way. God is watching you. You may cheat me. You may lie to me. You may do goofy things toward me. I may not know. But who knows? God. This is the key. You live your life in the right way before the sight of God. If you can do that, I believe you will never get sick. And if you get sick, it will go away very quickly because you're doing the right thing. And if you're sick right now, God can heal you too because He is the God who heals you. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's the God, the healer. So this is very important. Pay attention to the word. Do what is right in His sight. Work out your salvation. Give your ear to His commandments. And keep all His statutes. Amen? Again and again, the Bible says that we need to know the word. We need to practice the word. We need to pay attention to the word of God. Okay, now Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I hope I can finish my sermon today. The first key is what? Know the word. Pay attention to the word. Practice the word. Take serious about the word of God. Both Logos and Rema. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 to 9. For it is by grace. How do you get salvation? By grace. You don't deserve it. You have been saved. It's also true faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. It's also salvation, provision, come by the grace of God. But in order to receive the so-so, the salvation, you need to have the hand of faith. Faith is the key to give access to God to work in your life. You remember Jesus always say, because of your faith, you are made well. Because of your faith, you are healed. Because of your faith, you can see now. So faith is so important. In order to receive so-so, you need to do your part, work out your salvation. What is that? Build your faith. My faith this year, now, the end of year 2018, is much higher than year 2015. I have much more faith. I can see more healing than many years ago. Now when I pray for somebody who's sick, my faith is stronger than before. I can see more healing. When I demand something to happen, I command something to happen, it happened for me. Like Jesus commanded the wind to stop because I have more faith. Faith is more precious than gold. We need to exercise faith. Don't blame God. If you don't get answer from God, your job is to build your faith instead of blaming God. How you get faith? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 again. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing two times. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to do your homework. Listen to the word of God. Amen? That's why we keep producing. I work so hard to produce the teaching. When I get home tonight, Pastor Dano, I sit in front of the computer another hour to edit my sermon. On Monday, edit sermon again. I finish editing my sermon by Wednesday, then get into the, into the podcast. And then by tomorrow afternoon, I will put my sermon into the YouTube. Because I want the Word of God to go out because I know that 
people have faith when they listen to the word of God. My job is to produce. Your job is to listen and to study and to take serious about getting into the word of God. Because when you get into the word of God, your faith will rise up. I give you example. About maybe five years ago, I taught a sermon about the apostle was arrested and the Roman soldier gonna beat him at the whipping post. And I mentioned in that sermon that Apostle Paul opened his mouth and said, you cannot beat me. I'm a citizen of Rome. You cannot beat me. And in that teaching, I say that Jesus at the whipping post, he did not open his mouth. You remember? Even say two times in Isaiah 53, he did not open his mouth. He let them whip him. Why? Because he wants to take your sickness. But when the Apostle Paul come to the whipping post, he say, stop. I'm the citizen of Rome. You cannot beat me. And in that teaching, I say that we need to open our mouth. Jesus did not open his mouth, but we open our mouth. Hey, cold, get out of here. I am the citizen of heaven. Amen. Jesus paid for me already. Amen. Get out of here right now. I have the right to say to you, my sickness has been paid. I don't need to receive the beating or whipping. I taught that four years ago, five years ago, or something like that. I bring this lesson into the Chinese speaking to translate into Mandarin, and I record this same teaching again in my house studio for five times. After I preach that one again in English and Mandarin with translation, who I tell you my faith about that. I need to open my mouth and say I'm a citizen of heaven. My faith rise up and say, the sickness cannot be on me. My faith is stronger than before. Why? Because I listen to my own word when I preach. And my faith rise up. Faith come by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Amen? How we can overcome all the problems in this life. How we can get all the salvation in this life. First John chapter 5, verses 4 to 5 say, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. We have problems in life. We need source, so we need salvation, rescue from God, deliverance from God. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. How we can have victory in this world and receive salvation, faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We need to build our faith. So number one, we need the Word. We need to get into the Word. We need to know the truth. And we need to practice the truth. We need to stay in the Word and follow the Word of God. Pay attention to the Word. Two, we need to build our faith because we receive salvation that come by grace through faith. Everyone make your hand like this. Everyone say, the hand of faith. Receive it. Receive. Faith, faith, faith. Okay. So that is the second key. Let's look at the third key. The third key. I think I can finish today. The third key. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The third key. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
The Bible here talk about preaching and repentance. I taught the whole series. Please go and get the teaching from the CD table called "The Way to Victory." The whole teaching is about repentance. Give example after example in the Bible about Job, about many example in the Bible. When you repent, what happened to you? Repentance is the third key. The Bible says like this: If you want to get into the kingdom of God, you want to receive salvation. Number one, you need to believe in the good news. Two, you need to repent. You need to repent. Why we need to repent? Why? Let me give you some idea here. To my understanding of the word, okay. By the way, what I'm teaching you in this lesson is not just a theory. I have firsthand experience of everything I say here in this teaching. It's not just a theory from the Bible school. It's my own personal experience that get that go along with the Word of God. Number one, when you sin and you rebel against God, you step into the spiritual law. God is just, and God hold His law. The spiritual law cannot be broken. It's like natural law. If you jump out of the building, what gonna happen to you? If you jump out, what happen? You fall. Is that the natural law? I will not jump out of here and still float in the sky. I fall because of the law of gravity. Is that right? The same thing, spiritual law is real. The Bible say that when you walk in the flesh or you walk in sin, you reap destruction and also corruption and death. When you walk in sin, God cannot help you. He has to keep His law. If you keep doing it, eventually you're going to reap destruction, corruption, and death. Men, you may not go to hell. But in this life, you're going to see some destruction when you walk in sin. That's why you need to repent every time you know that you are doing something wrong. Maybe simple, simple, simple sin. You don't rob the bank. You don't go out to do any adultery. But simple sins such as and very common sin, lie. You lie. Another simple sin that people do a lot: manipulation. You manipulate people. You hate people. You don't forgive people. All these sins cause destruction. Every time I think about sin, how many of you have seen cancer in your life? I have, because I'm a doctor. I open somebody' body and look at the cancer with my own eyes. And I suck it out, suck it, and I hate it because I know that cancer will spread into other part of the brain and eventually to kill my patient. I hate cancer. Cancer is a picture of corruption from sin. So because I see cancer, I hate sin because I know that when sin, when I entertain sin, I am inviting cancer into my life. Not. Physical cancer. It can be physical cancer, but it is spiritual cancer. I want life. I want blessing. 
Choose now the Bible says, "Choose now life or death. Choose now blessing or cursing." I choose life. I choose health. I choose prosperity. I choose success. I choose blessing to go down to the thousand generation. Therefore, what do I need to do? I need to repent. A S A P. I don't want cancer. I don't want corruption in my life. I want God's blessing. Repent when God deal with you anything. The second reason I say we need to repent is this: spiritually, listen carefully. Why we should repent? Why we should not play around with sin? Because when you keep sinning and you don't repent, you open the door. In the Bible, talk about gatekeepers. Gatekeepers in the Old Testament. You, how many people know that Obed Edom is a gatekeeper? He is a gatekeeper that the Ark of the Covenant was in his house for three months, and the whole house was blessed. He's a gatekeeper. This gatekeeper say, "You cannot get in here to the presence of God. Bad guy, robbers, bad people. I am standing at the gate. You cannot get in here." Today we are all gatekeepers, the keeper of the eyes. We have the gates of the eye, the gate of the ear, the gate of the mouth, the gate of the skin. Everything we can either open for the bad guys to come in, demons and evil spirit. When you sin against God and you don't repent or keep sinning, what can happen? You open the gates, and demon gonna enter and destroy you. They come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And can you blame God? No. You choose to open the door by watching pornography, by cheating, stealing, unforgiveness, gossiping, doing bad things, stealing from God. What belong to God? Give to God. What belong to Caesar? Give to Caesar. But you keep cheating God. What can happen to you? You open the door, and one day something bad happen. You gonna regret. And actually, I taught the people in Germany this morning. This scripture, Hebrew chapter 12, I read to them verses six to seven. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scorches every son whom He receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So God give us salvation and God give us a spank too. If you keep sinning, He doesn't want you to be judged with the world. What He gonna do to you? And it's painful. So please repent. It's not fun to be spanked. It's not fun to face God's judgment. King David faced God's judgment when he committed adultery. He killed Uriah and stole his wife. His son died, and after that, his son rebelled against him. I choose blessing because I want the blessing to go down to my wife, my kids, my grandkids. I repent ASAP. I repent every day. Sometimes I have bad attitude. I repent right away. You know, I choose salvation. I choose the blessing. Don't be stubborn. Don't give excuses. Oh, but, but, no but. Some people are the chief of God like this. 
But God understand me. Yes, He understand you that you sin, and He gonna spank you. But I grow up this way. I cannot help. Yes, you can help. Don't say I cannot help. You can help. You can repent. Help yourself repenting. <laughs> wow! Everyone is so happy today. <laughs> this is a light sermon. Okay, next year more stronger sermon than this. <laughs> okay, again, no outer motive. I loved you. I want to make sure you walk in the blessing of God and salvation of God. Last one. Okay, last one. The fourth key. Number one, the word. Two. Faith, three repentance, four Luke chapter three sixteen to seventeen. John answered, saying to all, "I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan. This is talking about the church, okay, not the world." He's talking about the church. His vineyard fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. The church, the sheep of God, all the people of God, and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff, he will burn with unquenchable fire. What is the chaff? The chaff is something in your life that God doesn't want you to have. So the fourth key is to stay in the fire of God, to stay in the tangible, thick glory presence of God all the days of your life. Why? Let me explain to you. I teach this from my own experience. I did not understand the fire of God until 1996, 1997. I was born again in 1981. I find out one thing after I got into the fire of God. I can study the Bible so hard. I try everything I could to practice the Bible. I love God. I love Jesus so much. I try to repent. I try everything as a human being to be a good Christian. And I did from 1981 to 1996, 1997. But what happened is that I'm a human being. I did not know that I have some chaff in my life. I have some problem in my life. I did not know. I did not see it. It's hidden in there. Some demon in my life. Some curse in my life that I did not see. I did not understand. Because I have limitation as a human being. But who knows that I have certain problem, certain chains, certain bad attitude, some stronghold, some wrong thinking, wrong teachings, wrong idea and wrong mentality that I learned from the newspaper, from the movie, from some preacher or from some denomination. Something wrong in here that I don't even know that is there. I thought I'm okay, okay, okay. But I was not okay. Until one day, God touched me. The file of God touched me. And he began to burn those things that I did not know. This is the grace of God. 
Listen carefully. I give you example. A patient who has back surgery. I remove the disc, but I forget to tell her or him that you should not keep bending like this in the garden. If you keep bending and lifting heavy things, the disc can rupture again. I did not tell the patient. I forgot. And the patient went into the garden and did this, and show up in the emergency room and say, "I have back pain again, a leg weakness." X-ray show big disc rupture again, second time, second surgery. The patient did that because she or he did not know it should not be done. You should not live your life like that after back surgery. Lack of education. Or rebellion, I'm going to do anyway, no matter what the doctors say. As a pastor, all these 38 years, I've been a pastor for 38 years now. I watch people's life. I observe why that person doesn't have blessing. Why their life struggles so much financially? Why their life struggles so much in their marriage? And I learn one thing: that all these things that I'm talking about. They don't practice. They don't get into the word. They don't repent. They don't build their faith. And the last thing I notice: people are ignorant. People don't see themselves what's going on in their life. They don't see the chaff in their own life, and that chaff or that root of problem or some kind of problem in them that they don't see and they don't repent and that. Cannot get rid of it themselves because they're too weak. Block them from being blessed, being provided, walking into the promised land. They have too much of doubt, too much of junk in them that they cannot get rid of them. Sometimes I tell you the truth. When I see, as a human, I dare not say it up. I cannot speak it up. Because I don't want to offend them to the point they leave the church right away. I rather keep them until they grow little by little. Some people I dare not speak because I know if I speak, they leave the church. They get offended, and who knows and can get rid of those things that man cannot help? The fire, the Holy Spirit. When you are touched by the fire of God, the tangible presence of God, He will burn the junk out of you. That you don't even know, some bad attitudes, some wrong motives, some stronghold, some demon, something in your life that change you, get you to be in the wilderness and never come out. That's why when you come out to be prayed for, or when you want to be touched by the fire, this is the key. You say to God, God, I am serious. This is not. Just a laying on of hand and fall on the ground. Oh, Pastor Lau may not be happy if I don't fall. I fall anyway. Oh, he lay hand as a tradition in the church. Okay, this is another ceremony in the church. I lay hand. Okay, that's it. So that my pastor will be happy. I come out to be prayed for. No, it's more than just laying on of hand and falling down. It's about God come in, clean up the junk in your life that you don't know and I don't know. No one knows except God. Clean it out of your life, little by little, so that you can open the door for more salvation, for more blessing. It's serious. 
I never come to the prayer line and say, "Oh, touch me." Yeah, okay. Bye bye. No, I say, God, anything in my life I need to change. Anything you need to burn, burn right now. I repent. I need to change. I don't want to be the same like today. I want to move on. I don't want to play a game. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to be a real Christian. I want to be like Christ. Burn me. If I need to cry, if I need to shake, if I need to, whatever, I don't care. I want to change. I'm desperate. That's why the file of God or revival is for desperate people, for people who take serious about walking with God. Not just church goer, not just oh, another Sunday done. I need to change. God touch me, burn me, because all this junk in my life that block me, I want to get rid of them. God give us all these keys so that we can get more salvation into our life. Romans chapter eight verse eleven. But if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His spirit. Who dwells in you? Let me read another scripture, Galatians three thirteen to fourteen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, "Curse is every one who hangs on a tree." That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Who give life to us? Who bring the blessing to us? Who bring the salvation to us? Get rid of all the junk, all the chain, all the things that kill us and destroy us. The Spirit of God. Look at the Old Testament. This is not only in the New Testament. Isaiah chapter six, verses five to seven. So I said, Isaiah repented. Right now, he repented. What is me? For I am undone. He repented, because I am a man of unclean lips. Unclean lips can be lying, deception, gossiping, speaking bad, accusing people, making people feel bad, making people doubt God. Unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I hope New Hope is not unclean lips, people. Though, for my eyes have seen the King. This is why it's so important to encounter God directly. It's so important that you meet God personally, not meet Pastor Lau. The file of God is about encountering the presence of the living God. He come and touch you and minister to you. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of Hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal. This is about fire, live coal fire, which he had taken with the tongue from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and said, "Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. The fire of God touched you to take away your sin, your bondage, demons, stronghold, bad habit, something in your life." That come from your generation to generation, or come from anything in your life that blocks you from receiving salvation from God or the blessing from the Lord. I'm sold out for revival. I'm sold out for the fire of God because of my firsthand experience that God cleanse me, cleanse me, and teach me and set me free. 
and I want to stay in the fire all the days of my life. I want to be like Isaiah, cleanse my lips, get rid of the bad stuff from my mind, my lips. I want to be a holy man. I want to be holy and pure like Jesus. All the junks in my life, burn it out, so that I can be a vessel to receive all the salvation from the Lord. I work out my salvation. Every single day, I want more and more of God's provision in my life. I take serious about the word. I take serious about building my faith, obeying the word, repenting every day. I don't want to sin. I don't want to play game with God, and I want the fire of God to keep burning me, so that I can become more like Christ, and I can build a bride of Christ, the holy church. And salvation, also the blessing, all the good things will be in His house here. New Hope International Church will be the house of the blessing, the house of also, the house of salvation. People walking can experience salvation. Four keys: the Word, the Spirit, or the fire. Repentance. The fire means you run to God, run to the fire. You need to do your part. You seek Him. And faith. There may be more keys that I did not mention here, but that's okay. These four keys are enough for today that you can practice. Amen. Amen. How many people want more of salvation in your life? How many people want to see God move supernaturally in your life? Supernatural breakthroughs in your life. I like that word. Supernatural breakthroughs. Things that look impossible, God just make impossible. Amen. And you can see the breakthroughs in your life. Everyone say the word. Everyone say faith. Repentance. The fire. Amen. Father, we don't want to stay the same. Jesus has paid the price for us. He has bought salvation, healings, deliverance, prosperity, forgiveness of sin, life for us, and you tell us to work out our salvation. And we're gonna do our homework. We're gonna be obedient. Good kids of yours, not rebellious children. We gonna take serious from now on to read the Bible, not just reading to decorate our brain with knowledge, and can argue with people how much I know, but to read for myself, to practice, to walk with you, to make you happy, to obey you. Not to boast about it. We're going to be obedient doers of the word of God. And Lord, build our faith every day. We will be people of faith. May the Holy Spirit, just like what you say in Philippians chapter two, God, who is in us to will and to act 
according to His good pleasure. Therefore, we ask the Holy Spirit, the presence, the glory, the fire, burn on the inside of us. Burn all the chunks. Burn all the wrong thinkings, habits, mentalities, strongholds. Burn them so that we can have the will of God to will. To act according to your good pleasure, we want the Holy Spirit to work in our life, Lord. We want to be sensitive to the rhema of the Holy Spirit, the witness in our heart, to know what to do, what to say. Lord, remove the rebellious heart, the hardened heart. We don't want to be hard-headed people, Lord. We want to be humble, obedient, and we can experience zoso, salvation every single day. Driving on the street, salvation from bad people. The protection at the house, robber cannot come in. Sickness cannot touch us, Lord. No one can steal money from us. Everything we touch, the blessing of Abraham will be upon us. Sickness that has been with us for years and years must go in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach. Salvation, because we have faith in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ. He did for us, and we receive by faith. The hand of faith reach out to heaven, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Confess with me, Father. I will work out my salvation. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He paid the price for me. He went to the whipping post and the cross to give me salvation. So, so, I believe in what He did for me two thousand years ago. From today on, I will do my part. I will read the Bible. Listen to anointed teachings. Be a doer of the word of God. I will build my faith. I will repent every day, and I welcome the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit, like the Obed Edom. I want to be a gatekeeper. Keep the fire of God inside me. The fire of God burn on the inside of me, so that I can will and act according to God's purpose. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Jesus.
హాలెలుయా థ్యాంక్ యూ జీసస్ హాలెలుయా డు యూ బిలీవ్ దట్ ఇఫ్ యూ ప్రాక్టీస్ ఆల్ దిస్ ఫోర్ కీస్ యువర్ లైఫ్ వుడ్ నెవర్ బి ద సేమ్ యూ గన్ సీ సంథింగ్ చేంజ్ ఇన్ యువర్ లైఫ్ విక్టరీ మిరాకల్ షాల్ హ్యాపన్ బ్రేక్ త్రూ యూ రిమెంబర్ దిస్ ద బైబుల్ సే ఇన్ ద బుక్ ఆఫ్ జో చాప్టర్ 2 God sent his spirit into the world that the years that the locusts have eaten shall be restored. The locusts have eaten your health, your money, your relationship, your ministry. If you welcome the Holy Spirit, you love him, he can restore your finances, your health, your relationship, your ministry, everything. But you need to welcome the outpouring of the holy spirit into your life and our church is that kind of church i'm not here to please any man if people get offended because i talk about holy spirit and demon too bad they lack the knowledge of god that's why their life is in a mess we need to know our enemy and we need to know who is the key to victory amen we need to know the word that's why i don't compromise in the teaching because otherwise i steal the blessing from you if i don't teach the truth amen thank you lord jesus hallelujah bless the name of the lord thank you lord jesus hallelujah praise the lord happy new year thank you lord jesus if you have anything in your life that you need to repent um uh, you can come to the altar and speak to god i will pray for you i will not ask you what kind of sin i don't want to know it's not my business it's between you and god you just tell god and i will bless you pray for you if you feel that you're going to start year 2019 with a new way of life just come out to here i will pray for you thank you jesus thank you jesus Just talk to God. Repent. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.